Hey, everybody, it's Carrie Champion, and this is The Ground Print, a podcast that offers solutions and guidance for the marginalized and those who feel left out. These discussions will act as a guide to mentor those in need of direction and also to inspire those who feel hopeless. We will move the needle forward and speak out on the issues by way of dialogue and telling stories of those who need to be heard. My sister and I, we wanted to be on the cover of this very popular magazine. We were told that we couldn't be on the cover of the magazine because we were black and we would not sell. How someone could demean your value because of the color of your skin. I will never forget that. So if you don't know today's guest, you're likely too young or perhaps you've lived under a rock. Tia Maori is known as one half of the Maori twin sisters and was put on the map by the many roles she shared with her twin in movies and TV. However, Tia has accomplished a career longevity all on her own through her hard work and, of course, very smart and thoughtful decisions. I mean, she really is truly a sweet soul. Not only is she an accomplished actor and producer, but you can add author to that as well. She's an entrepreneur, and she's also done a lot in her life to basically keep herself and others healthy. She most recently launched a vitamin and supplement line called Answer, inspiring Black women to take control of their wellness. And it's so important because it is not a privilege, it is a priority. I'm so excited to interview and introduce you to someone I was a fan of and have been a fan of for a very long time. This is one brown print you're going to enjoy. Let's go from childhood. You grew up in Germany. Um, Your father was in the military. Tell me about that experience, like how that made you who you are today, like you and your sister and ultimately your little brothers. Yeah. So, you know, usually children who are born into the army or the military, should I say, they, or whatever branch, um, they call us army brats or, you know, brats. And Mm -hmm. I was born in Germany. I only lived there for about two years. And then Mm -hmm. from, yes. And so then from Germany, I went to Texas. I don't remember that because I was two years old when I left Germany and Texas, we only stayed for a little bit. Then we moved to Hawaii. And in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. I was around like five years old up until I want to say maybe eight or nine. And then from there, we moved back to Texas. And I was in Texas before I moved to LA to start my career. So how I was shaped, I would say, um, or how that's kind of made me who I am today is I'm a social butterfly. I actually have a butterfly (laughs) tattoo. um, And I love to, you know, just meet people, um, uh, you know, be social. um, And I think that's really helped me with my career and, and who I am as a person. I love to make people smile, make people laugh. Mm. And, you know, being in the army, my parents, they were never really phased with acting, should I say. They were happy that we were able to make our dreams come true. But in the army and just, you know, it's it's all about discipline. It's all about 
who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. It's about character. It's about instilling values. It's about integrity. And so again, I really think that that really shaped me and helped me get Mm -hmm. through the pitfalls that come with being a child actor. So it had a lot to do with, you know, who I am as a person. It has, and as an adult too, it's interesting you even say that because I remember just being a fan as a kid watching the show and there was always, whenever you guys would do interviews, you, you, it was always different. It felt different. It looked different. Mm -hmm. Um, It felt very grounded. It Mm -hmm. felt wholesome. And I hate to put that word on people because no one wants to be, you know, because, you know, then that puts you on this, this, this level of I'm perfect. And then if you make a mistake, they're like, you're like, you made a mistake. You're (laughs) you're allowed to, like, you're allowed to grow, especially as now it's different. But as a child star, you're, you're allowed to grow up in front of us, uh, make mistakes. And you all, just seems so set apart. And so mm. um, I applaud your parents for that. Because it was that's so yes. hard to do. Yeah. You know it what was I mean? Defini- in this world. Yeah. It, it was, it, it, like I said, I think it was definitely uh, because of, of my parents. The example that I give, so you can just kind of understand the dynamic in the household, is, you know, this was like the height of our careers. We, we needed bodyguards. We couldn't go anywhere without, you know, people you know, wanting to jump all on us and get our autograph. Um, but mm-hmm. at home, we were T and Tamara. And at home, mm-hmm. we were children. And I remember mm-hmm. I was invited to the Phantom of the Opera. My sister and I, we had put on our dress, we did our makeup, and we were on our way out of the house. And my mother said, mm-hmm. where do you think you're going? And my sister and I mm-hmm. were like, uh, we're going to the Phantom of the Opera. She was mm-hmm. said, she said, uh, uh, not unless you finish cleaning up this kitchen. And we were mm-hmm. like, what? So we had a friend, my sister, she's still really good friends with, with this girl, um, Andrea Regalado. And she um, took a picture of me in my gown, sweeping the floor with a broom and a dustpan. Yes. Beef, yes. you know, uh, because this is what I had to do before I could step out. But she took a photo because she was like, people are not going to believe this. But that's the dynamic that I I grew up in. Like my mom, like I said, they were very happy that we were, you know, successful. But what was more important to them was who we are as people, you know? Mm-hmm. And we weren't going to be these spoiled little brats running around, you know, the house. It's interesting because um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, you know, and it's not just black parents, but I just know my mom was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't care who you are, little girl. I don't care yeah. who you think you are mm-hmm. and who you think you're about to be. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, which is why I still am afraid of my parents to this day. I'm like, oh, shoot, what do I get? What do I do? It's a difficult dance when, and, 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 and tell me if I am wrong here, but I know it's a difficult dance when the children are millionaires, you know, because mm-hmm. I, 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 I cover sports and I watch this dynamic uh. change in and out. And when the parent can still be the parent, it's refreshing because children get under the impression that because they make money and people treat them a different way that aren't their parents, they could do that way with other adults, adults more specifically. No, yeah, it's, it's true. But I think it was even deeper with my mom and, and my dad. Um, and I even do this with, with, with my son and I have this yeah. perspective with my children. Unfortunately, when you are black, okay, we don't have time for mistakes. 
We don't have room for mistakes. We can't be five minutes late. We can't do certain things. I mean, look what's going on right now with police brutality. So my mom, it was about making sure that we were on the straight and narrow because she knew that we weren't or that we weren't going to be treated the same once we stepped out, out outside of the house. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what she did. And that's even what I'm instilling, you know, in, in my kids. So, mm-hmm. yeah, first of all, don't get in grown folks business. Be quiet. <laughs> you, get, you, you start talking. You're uh-huh. don't get in grown folks business. little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to know. Now that I have an idea of how you grew up and and ultimately what your parents instilled in you, I'd like to I'd like to go back to the conversation when you all said you wanted to act. I think that's interesting. Yes. So um, I was a huge fan of The Cosby Show. I was a huge fan of Star Search. And again, I think this goes on to show how representation is so important. Um, If there weren't shows out there where I saw people that looked like me who would have known if if I knew back then that this is what I wanted to do? Um, because when you see it, you actually want to be it. And I was watching, you know, um, the Huxtables and Lisa Bonet. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a girl that looks like me. This seems mm-hmm. like, you know, such a fun show. And and I would see Star Search with pe- people, you know, dancing. And I think they even had like an acting category back then. Um, and I told my mom that I, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, perform and act. And so I'm laughing because I was going to say to my producers, get me some star search music because the <laughs> stars, yeah, you stars were legitimately made on star search. I'm sorry. Continue. No, yeah. Beyonce, <laughs> Leanne Rimes, Britney yes. Spears, like all yes. of them. Isn't that crazy? So You're crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, I I that's where it kind of um started to bubble inside, you know what I mean? To say, mommy, this is this is what I want to do. But of course we were living in Texas at the time, and that's not where a lot of people um, you know, start their careers when they're serious about acting. Um so what my mom did was she just wanted to see if we were capable at first. So we started dancing, um, doing dancing competitions. We are part of this group called the Fancy Prancy Dancers. Um, and we would perform at malls. We would also perform within that kind of military army community hub um, at different parties and stuff like that. We would do print work. Um, so we were, you know, like these young girls. The name of the group again? Yeah, Fancy Prancy Dancers. <laughs> The originality is off the charts. <laughs> <No>. Go, ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I know. I know. Um, so I would do like print work. So you know how when you see those like in newspapers, those little catalogs for like Target or Mar- uh, Walmart, I would model like the clothes and the school back to school items and stuff like that. So we started to, you know, nail it. I mean, we were all we were booking and we were booking a lot. And then my mom was like, okay, these girls, these girls, they, they, they have what it takes. But the real test was moving to LA. And that's what we did. My mom ended up um, leaving the army, which was a hard thing to do. She actually had to go to court and present, you know, uh, this, this big case. 
and they released her. Went to LA. Three years later, that's when we landed Sister Sister. That just gave me chill. That gave me chills. I know. Your mother left the army. She did. So that you all could pursue your dreams. And it was, yes. all, and you know, you can't just be like, I'll quit. That's not one of them gigs, no. right? Where you'd be like, let me it's... go ahead and give you two weeks notice. <laughs> no. Can't do that. <laughs> no. She, she gave up her life. You know what I mean? Mm. To basically make her children's dreams come true. Um, and she was our manager, you know, for years. When we, you know, booked Sister Sister and when we started this industry at such a young age and... It was great because a, a parent, nobody could take care of you or um, take better care of you, should I say, than your your parent. And that's exactly what yeah. she did. Um, so yeah, that's that was that's pretty much my my whole journey, and I've been trucking ever since, like trucking along. I love. Ma- Can I call her Mama Darlene? What do oh, we yes, call her? Oh yes, of course, Mama Darlene. A okay, lot of people call her Mama I, Darlene. Mm-hmm. Okay, I. I I know that you know this, but that is wonderful. Like that Aww. story is beautiful. And again, back to how your parents raise you. Mm-hmm. They got to keep a close eye on you in crazy yes. Hollywood with these yeah. crazy people. Oh yeah. So let's discuss uh, childhood, and you had te- you know uh, ch- child stars rather. Okay. Uh, you guys are successful. You have this show. Um, I remember. I don't know what interview it was. I saw when you guys were a kid, and it was okay. <laughs> And I think one of you guys were fighting over who can drive. I think you had like one car and you guys would like be like, I'm driving today. And then after you had the car for a long time, you'd be like, oh, never mind. You drive. I'm tired. <laughs> like when you first got it, it was like, I'm driving. I, it was some interview like that. that just <laughs> okay. made me laugh Cause it was, Aww. it was so honest. Mm-hmm. And, and then you move on mm-hmm. and you want to still pursue this thing as acting. Did mm-hmm. you find it difficult to land roles? Yes, it was very difficult. Um, I would say that was one of the hardest pretty much the most difficult time of my life after Sister Sister had ended, right? Where these huge, you know, successful um, stars, should I say, child stars. And then, you know, Sister Sister is over, it's done. Um, And you're kind of caught in between you're not a child no longer, you know, because we ended Sister Sister around 21. So you're not a child no longer. So now you're moving into adulthood, but people only really know you as a child. So when we would go out for roles, they would pigeonhole us. And, you know, they wouldn't think that we could tackle on another role. And that's what happens, too, when you're so successful at a young age. People tend to freeze frame you, you know, in that character at that age. So you have to really work hard at proving yourself. And that's what I did for like, I want to say seven years. It was grinding. It was hustling. Um, And I think the one thing that shifted and changed for me was my sister and I, we were living, you know, in a house together. We were pretty comfortable. We were driving, you know, Mm -hmm. nice cars. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I need to just change my environment for a minute. I'm going to move back to, um, it's it's like um, North Hollywood where a lot of like young actors, it's like the hub of where a lot of young actors, you know, go and, and, and stay. And I was like, let me get an apartment and I'm just going to grind. And that's exactly what I did. I was auditioning. I was getting a lot of no's. 
And then here comes the game. I ended up auditioning for the game and that was hard because I had to prove myself to the executive producer that I was no longer this child, that I'm an adult now. Like I'm 25 years old. I'm not 13 or 14 or 15. I've gone through this thing called life. And I remember she, she asked me, she goes, when I walked in for the first time, she goes, uh, you do know how I write, right? You do know what this show is about. And I'm like, yeah. Um, and I fought for that role. I remember I didn't get it at first. Um, and I was devastated, but then they ended up calling me back in for another audition and then I booked it. But I mean, it was hard. It was very challenging. And I was kind of put at a crossroads because I was like, I graduated from college with a psychology degree. Do I pursue that? Or Mm -hmm. do I do what I've always wanted to do, Mm -hmm. which is act? And I did. I, like I said, I put myself in that environment and I said, let's go. And here I am. And you were amazing, by the way. Like, oh, thank you. Again, (laughs) it's by the, I feel like something, it's okay to, to have a hiatus, if you will, as long, and then have a hit show. Like that's unheard of. People are still waiting for their comeback. You know, I think of, you know, and we think of child celebrities and the stories are also bleak, but mm-hmm. you all are definitely the the answer to what is what is what should be good. Aww, I I wonder you. I wonder if if you look back on your life now, up until so we book this show, we do the game, mm-hmm. uh, is there something you would have done different in between uh, sister sister to the game mm-hmm. to where you are to where you are now? Was there anything that you would have done different? No, I wouldn't have. And the reason why I say that is because where I was even mentally and just, you know, with the circumstances that I was dealing with, it really allowed me to push and grind Mm. and, you know, get to where I, I ended up being. And I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason because of that. Because Mm -hmm. exactly what you just Mm -hmm. said, I often do that in my life. I often look Mm -hmm. back and I go, aha, now I know why that happened. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. that was a stepping stone to getting you to where you needed to be in life. Um, And so now what I do is I embrace, I embrace the things that come my way. whether they're trials, whether they're, they're tribulations, whether they're fear. I've really learned to look fear dead in the face and dead in the eyes and say, you know what? You know, you're here for a reason right now, but you will not overcome me. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm no longer afraid of you. So I wouldn't change anything because, again, I believe that's why I'm where I am today. You twice have said mentally you were in a bad place. What did that look like? Was that depression? Was Ooh, that yeah. um, insecurity? Like, or is it because, you know, the, the the biggest problem I think women have, and people in general, but the comparison when you're in the arts, you're always comparing yourself to who's mm-hmm. getting something and you're not or who mm-hmm. has what. What did it look like for you? Because this is, this is, like I said, someone's listening right now and you're giving them a word. So what did Aww. it look like and how were you able to overcome that? Yeah, what that looked like, I'm, it was comparison. And, you know, comparison, like you said, especially in the arts, it, it's, it's the enemy. It could definitely uh, lead you to a dark place and it could definitely get you into trouble. Because I've learned through this process or through my journey called life yeah. is that everybody has their own path. And my path is not the same as yours. And your path mm-hmm. is not the same as mine. 
And the analogy that I tend to use is the basketball analogy, right? So many people, uh, not so many people, but people do get to the NBA, but many of them get to the NBA in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't mean that because your journey or you went on a different freeway doesn't mean that you're going to get to that destination. And I would compare myself to many actors um, who were um, not in the situation that I was in. And a lot of them were my my white counterparts as well. You know, I would compare uh. myself to them. Um, and I'm like, wow, how is it that they are able to get these opportunities? And it just seems like the opportunities are so overflowing for them, but the opportunities are not overflowing for me. But again, I went through this for a reason. I've learned that I I needed to change my perspective and change the narrative. And what I started to do was I started to take control of my career. I started Mm -hmm. to say, I have responsibility. I started to say, I have the power and the control to do this. And I am capable. And that's what I, you know, started to do. I never, I never took no for an answer. And then I stopped comparing uh, myself to other people. And I said, you know what, you know who you are in competition with? yourself. And Mm -hmm. I've been using that. I have been using that perspective or that quote, should I say, ever since I'm in competition with myself. And that's what I'll do. I'll go, where was I two years ago or five years ago? And then when I look Mm -hmm. at myself and say, wow, Tia, you've taken two steps forward or you've taken one step forward. That's enough to keep on going and to keep on pushing. First and foremost, to me, I think we all have the power to change our lives. That's that mm-hmm. that inside work, that inside job that we have to do, what's on our inside. It, mm-hmm. While we all know that, though, mm-hmm. it is so hard to apply that to life consistently because it's easier to blame others or to look mm-hmm. at your circumstances and be bitter. So, mm-hmm. so when you now have this perspective, mm-hmm. and I assume that you want to do more, than just act after, you know, after the game. Yes, Mm -hmm. acting is a plan, but I want to be able to share more because, and learn more. You sound like you've been doing the work. How do you decide to make that pivot? I decide to make that. I mean, because acting acting is still here, but Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you make the pivot to, you know, author, uh, you know, I'm self-help guru, if you will. And I'm putting (laughs) that, you know, I'm just, I, that, that's something I just, a label that I just gave you, but Uh, how do you make the pivot? How do you make the pivot? Um, you know, I feel like how I make the pivot is, first of all, you have to be your number one encourager. You have to be your number one supporter. And when you believe in yourself, then you believe that you can do anything. So therefore, it 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 takes that perspective first to say, you know what? I'm my biggest supporter. I'm a biggest believer. And then you look inside yourself and I said, you know what? There's so many different facets to who I am as a person. Um, There's so many uh, different things that I want to do. I've learned that, you know, as, as you get older, you learn, you learn that life is really short. Um, And it becomes so true to you when others around you are no longer here. And then, mm. you know, I know that, I know that, what, there's a song, that was a song, what is it, Eminem song, when he said, like, you only got one shot, you only got mm-hmm. one chance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
whether you want to believe it or not, that's the case. So when you know that you only have one shot, one chance here on earth, whether, whether you believe in reincarnation or anything in the body that you are in right now, what would you do with it? What would you do with that opportunity? And so I said, I believe in myself. I love to do this. I love to do that. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Um, my mother has always taught me to never put all of your eggs in one basket as well. She would always say that. And I never really understood it, you know, but she would say it. She would instill it in me. But um, as I got older, you know, now I know why. Like, why? Why should you, why, why should you limit yourself to mm-hmm. one thing? You know, there's so many other, there's so many other amazing qualities to us as, as, as people. And I love giving. I love sharing. I love, you know, being that butterfly, that social butterfly. And if I can pivot and be able to talk to people in this kind of way, then great. And then since becoming a mom, I was like, wow, there's this community of moms that need help with getting food on the table or just being, you know, navigating, you know, being a mom, a working mom, let me do something in that area. So that's kind of like where, you know, where it all stems from. I'm sitting here and I'm all like, <laughs> well, guilt is, is I'm overcoming guilt because I'm like, she's just so nice. No. <laughs> she just does no. it all. Are you ever mean? Do um, you sometimes no, no. kick animals? No, I'm kidding. So, no, but like, <laughs> I know the I'm guilt is hitting me heavy. No, so I'm <laughs> okay. a cancer, right? Okay. So I'm a cancer. I believe okay. in signs. I actually have my my son and my daughter's sign around my neck, a Taurus and, and a crab. I really believe in that. And so I, I'm, I'm a cancer. And cancers, we're very kind. We're very loving. We're very nurturing. We're very generous. But don't cross us, you know? I don't know if you saw Family Reunion where Coco was like, don't come for me, okay? Or don't come for me unless I come for you. Like, I when it, I don't play. Like, I'll give you, I'm very patient. I'll give you many of chances. But there's that one chance where I'm like, but I don't have regrets. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I gave you 1,500, you know, chances. But when I'm done with you, I'm done with you. <laughs> I was trying not to laugh over all that. That's why I muted myself. Let me tell you something. I have two really good friends that are cancers. That's why I started laughing. That's uh, all you got to say. I got it. Because I'm right there. I'm like, okay. okay. I don't feel so bad. You, But but you clearly have done the work. And that's just your natural demeanor of just like, I'm a social butterfly. I, I know there's more to me. And I think... What I'm hearing, and I hope that those who are listening who have pursued acting or are trying to pursue acting know that there is more because you are an actress, mm-hmm. you are an entrepreneur, you're a best-selling author, you are a mother, you are a wife. Mm-hmm. There's more. You cannot be defined by just one title because no. if you lose, if you lose that one title, who are you? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I remember I got fired and I was no longer a reporter, my very first time getting fired, and I was like, God, what, who am I? And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm me. Like you have to be so much more. I want to talk to you about your book and okay. motherhood and and how do we balance all of the titles that we just talked about <laughs> that you have um, and still be a mother and a wife? You know, I, I've learned, you know, you were talking about guilt earlier. I've, I learned rather quickly what it feels like, uh, to feel guilty about going to work Mm. while 
you know, being a mother, it was my, my son was just born and I had to work on the game and, you know, the hours were very, very long. We would work 14, 15 hour days. And there were times when I would not see him for a whole day because he was asleep when I left and he was asleep when I came back. And it used to eat me up. And two things really, really helped me with that. The first thing that helped me with that was I have to be an example for my child. Children, they learn through observation, right? So by my son seeing me work hard, go after my dreams and aspirations, he's learning that he can do that, right? He can um, do the same thing, go after his dreams, go after his aspirations through observation and watching mommy. So I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. boom. Another thing is I have to teach my children also to be independent. Mm. And a part of that is them learning and growing on their own, you know, and mommy not always stepping in and and making decisions for them and and doing things for them. Like they're I want them to learn, you know, how to navigate and and well navigate through this world on their own at times. So those were the two things that really helped me get through, you know, understanding that it's okay to be a mom and, and, and go to work. But I guess also the biggest thing was I learned through my mother, my mother, she did give up everything, but once the kids were grown, she was left twirling her fingers and not really knowing what to do with the rest of her life. She's now figured it out. But I saw that struggle and I said, you know what? Just because you're a mom doesn't mean that you have to give up on your goals, give up on your aspirations, give up on who Mm -hmm. you are and what you want to be in this world. We talked about pivoting. We talked about that there's so many different parts of who you are. And being a mom, you just don't have to just be a mom. If that's what you want to be, great. But don't feel like trapped, you know? No one's asking men to be like, so how do you feel leaving your son at home for 14 Mm -hmm. to 15 hours? Don't get me started on that because I hate that. I mean, I understand Mm -hmm. there's a difference. But the questions we get when we want to pursue a career and be a mom are a lot of times socially based. And I understand Mm -hmm. that. But it's not fair because we ultimately start putting that guilt on ourselves. So you learn from your mother, which I think Mm -hmm. is amazing, Like, mom, you were great. You gave up everything, ultimate sacrifice, but you Mm -hmm. didn't know what to do next when we left. And so you you made sure that you were managing that balance. And that Mm -hmm. sounds completely healthy, Mm -hmm. wholesome, Mm -hmm. and extremely hard to do. But Mm -hmm. God God bless, because I'm I'm where, again, I'm waiting for you to tell me something that you've done wrong. Okay, I'll go back to cancer. She's Guys, if you're listening, she's perfect. No, no, no. I'm not, about to, no, I'm trust to me, I'm not. No, I'm about to go I'm pray not. for my bad self. Lord, perfect. forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me, I'm not. I'm just so impressed with you. And I, it is refreshing. It is really refreshing. So thank I you. thank you for um, for that. It's good to have these moments. 
just in general, uh, I want to know about this next pursuit. I mentioned entrepreneur, uh, a book, uh, an actress, a best-selling book. You're a best-selling author. Let me get that correct. Um, and now I get this wonderful package delivered to me. I'm so professional. Um, and it's answer. It's a it's a vitamin line. And I, and I am pronounced that correctly, right? It's yes, the vitamin answer. line that you have. Mm-hmm. And you and you have these cards that said, "What have you done for yourself today?" Mm-hmm. The self love, and I wrote on it, "I allowed myself to drink wine all day." That was one <laughs> I wrote. I love it. No, wait a second. Is that is that not a part? Okay, wait. Oh, no. Okay, go back. <laughs> That's part of self care. That is a part of self care. That's fine. Uh, I wrote. I, I fussed out somebody and it felt good because sometimes people deserve it. I don't care well, what nobody says. Sometimes you deserve. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay, the elegant way. Okay, my bad. <laughs> okay, Hilarious. I got some things off my chest. No, That's no, I, I, I <laughs> no. It, all, all jokes aside, I thought it was beautiful. I really did. Oh, Tell you. me about the line, the concept, and what you're trying to achieve. Yes. So. Um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis in my 20s. Mm. So endometriosis, it's a highly inflammatory condition that can cause infertility. Um, And it's basically when you have buildup scar tissue um, along the lines, uh, the lining of your uterus. So it's very, very, very painful. It's... um, it, It can be debilitating at times. That's what would happen with me. I would be in, you know, in school studying in a class or a course, and then I would have to excuse myself because I was in so much pain. But, you know, where I, w- where I was, was saying once I, I saw a huge shift with my health and my wellness, and I was able to get pregnant once I started taking my supplements, you know, taking care of myself, exercising, um, eating the proper foods, staying away from foods that can cause inflammation in the body. So that's like processed um, sugar, um, processed foods. You know, once I started eating real whole foods, I started to see this shift in my skin, in my, um, just my overall wellness, my mental state of mind. Um, I started to have, you know, clarity. Um, so the reason why I started answer is because I wanted to encourage women to do the same thing, to take charge of their health and their wellness. Hence the supplement line answer. But also when I was on this journey, I didn't see women of color. I did not see women of diversity and everything was so exclusive. And I wanted to include, you know, everyone supplements should be tangible health and wellness shouldn't be available for only the elite. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was a goal. And another goal was we were talking about my mother and self-care and learning how to, you know, even though you are mom and I feel like women do this, they're very, we're very nurturing. We tend to take care of everyone, but ourselves, our cup could be empty, but we will continue to run on empty. But I've learned how can you be the best at whatever you do if you don't take care of you mm-hmm. and yourself? It's not selfish. So we have this hashtag self-care isn't selfish over at Answer. And that's, you know, the main reason why I, you know, decided to start this amazing 
um, supplement line. I love it. Self-care isn't selfish. Mm-hmm. And what you pointed out is something that is so serious. Healthcare should not be for the haves. It should be for all. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it's very, a, mm-hmm. it feels like a very privileged thing in our country. And I'm so grateful for you starting this line and for you honestly, truly just being who you are. You have a wonderful spirit. Aww. And so I am more than happy to promote answer. I will put down not cussing people out is not self-care, right? Just expressing <laughs> expressing yourself. I'm putting, because I, I wrote this down here. You gave me that note. Expressing yourself is self-care. Are, is there any other project that you're working on that we should talk about before I let you go? Oh, gosh. I mean, the good news is, well, I will say this answer is now it was very important again for me to have answer just, you know, of course, available to everyone. But now we are in Target. Um, We are in 472 of the 500 stores in Target. I'm so incredibly excited about that. What, What was also very important to me was creating a community where women and just people in general can go to, um, which is a blog, um, where we're constantly educating and bringing awareness about health and wellness. So we are spotlighting African-American chiropractors, herbalists, um, dietitians, uh, dermatologists. A health blog for the brown, the brown experts. I love it. Uh, Thank you. Yes. Um, So that was really important for me uh, to, to do. So everybody can check that out, but I'm working on a show called family reunion. That's on Netflix right now. Um, we are in our second season and the new episodes are airing right now. So if you guys want to check it out, it's streaming right now on Netflix. And also what was important to me was continuing to tell our stories Mm. as women, um, as African-American women, um, and so I, um, I'm working with Lifetime and I have three picture, three picture deal in which we're coming up with and writing and producing, coming up with three different movies for the network. We are honing in on one. Um, I'm so excited about it. We should be shooting that. Um, I want to say in August of this year, um, which should be available, I believe, in December of this year. So that's another goal of mine that I am focusing on and having a lot of fun doing. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Not only are you changing (laughs) the world, as you talk, I just saw the dollar signs. And if you want (laughs) to bring me in on it, I'm here for it. Um, It is such a pleasure (laughs) to meet you. Thank you for partaking in my silliness um and thank you more importantly for being on the brown print thank you so much okay god bless and good luck you don't need it but i'm just sending that to you oh no thank you thank you so much um i appreciate um you know you hearing my story and and my voice so thank you very much it's amazing tia is although i was joking with her and i know no one is perfect but tia is so well adjusted in my opinion and so self-aware when you're a child star some of those qualities disappear for various reasons no fault of your own but being famous at a very young age growing up in front of a uh, public audience if you will in front of the world can be difficult so it changes how you adjust as an adult and i quite frankly think Tia has adjusted fantastically. 
some major takeaways. Uh, she called herself a social butterfly early on. She loves to make people happy. She loves to meet people, talk to people, entertain, see how she can help. All of that came through in this interview. But when I asked her about how she had been able to make that transition, that very difficult transition from being a child star to an adult, well, she said she realized, one, comparison is the thief of joy. She had to ultimately change her perspective and realize that she was the only person in control of her happiness, in control of her career, in control of where she could go. Now, to me, that makes perfect sense. Never compare yourself to another actor. Never compare yourself to another person because that is the number one way you will then find yourself joyless. And she stopped doing that and pushed on and continued to work. Number two. You only get one shot. You only get one shot at this thing called life. No matter what you believe in, you have this one life that you're living now. So why not be all the things that you are? If you choose to be an actress and an entrepreneur and a best-selling author and someone who decides to create a vitamin line, why not be all of those things in addition to being a mother and a wife? Tia realized early on, she said she took a lesson from her mother. She watched how her mother sacrificed so much for her and her sister in terms of their acting career, but then she realized that her mother didn't have anything to do once her and her sister had become adults. She kind of was figuring it out. Now, Tia says she felt guilty when she was a working mother, but she realized that you only have one shot. You only have one life to live. And ultimately, she wanted her son to see her building and doing many wonderful things. And that is exactly how she's living her life. I mean, how wonderful is that? I loved her to death. Last but not least, self-care isn't selfish. She's been self-caring. Everyone uses that word, it's a buzzword, but I think it was the inspiration for her vitamin and supplement line. Tia is now on a true mission to make sure that black and brown women can be healthy and protected. And healthcare isn't a privilege. It is a priority. Healthcare isn't a privilege. It is a priority. And for that, I salute her. But the bigger picture is this. We have to take care of ourselves. Otherwise, we can't take care of those we love. Now, to me, that is a perfect example of a brown print. Tia, you've been great. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and this edition of The Brown Print. Talk to you soon. That's it for this week's episode of The Brown Print. Let's keep the conversation going online. You know I love to go online. Follow us on Instagram at The Brown Print Podcast and on Twitter at Brown Print Pod. Follow me, Carrie Champion, on IG and Twitter. You can find me at Carrie Champion. Don't at me if you got attitude. Well, okay. We'd love to hear your feedback. Or if there's a specific topic you want us to tackle or guests that you want us to have on, please reach out to the brownprintpod at gmail.com. Again, at brownprintpod at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. It helps spread the word. It is so important that we stay active and vocal. We'd greatly appreciate it if you showed us some love by leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. If you do not, I know you are a hater. Haha, <laughs> kidding, kind of. Not really. Meanwhile, uh, again, five-star rating and positive review. We need it. It really helps the podcast grow. The Brown Print is a Gallery Media Group original production.